I want to be strong, to have the flexibility and confidence to play soccer with my kids or volleyball on the beach. I want to feel energetic and spontaneous with my husband. I want my body to feel the freedom to move and enjoy life, to hike Yosemite, surf in Hawaii, bike to the beach, to have fun with friends and not be limited. I want to do things that love my body, to feel and experience all the sensations of life. I want my body to be a force in nature that overcomes difficulty and resistance. I believe in health and wellness and daily consistent exercise. Petra Poschmann was born and raised in Berlin, Germany, has a bachelor and master degree in applied mathematics, has been a yoga instructor for more than 30 years. She is a stress management specialist who currently teaches yoga to private students, community classes, and the Tanner Wellness Program in Monrovia. She is married with two teenage boys, ages 14 and 16. Welcome, Petra. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. (laughs) I'm very, very much looking forward to talking with you about stress management and how yoga can help. Uh, but I just want to start with how, what, tell me about your journey to becoming a yoga instructor. Well, uh, I have to go back to when I was young. So I have always loved physical exercise. Uh, like I did track and field and swimming and hiking, backpacking, anything, you name it, I loved it. And uh, when you're young, you don't think of it as stress management. I just knew it made me feel good. Mm. So I did a lot of that. And in the late 80s, I came to California and I loved it. That's when I discovered the yoga house in Pasadena. Uh, I went there a few times and found that um, the yoga was just different from my usual exercises um, because it gave you peace of mind. You had like an hour, an hour and a half typically where you wouldn't talk. You would just be there and it gave you um, the opportunity to just connect with yourself. So I love that a lot. And I would go not very regularly, actually, just a few times here and there. And when I became pregnant with my first boy, I discovered prenatal yoga, which really makes you feel amazing. I would recommend that to any woman because it just gives you the feeling that you get more space for your baby and you feel that you can still move. (laughs) And so after the birth, I did the postnatal yoga, which was another amazing experience. You saw all these women there in the yoga class doing their poses or nursing their babies, um, which is another example of how yoga is not just for the body, it's also for the mind, Uh, maybe even more so. Yes. So when I then had my toddlers, I had very little time for yoga and I noticed that my body got weaker. I I took a lot longer to recover from injuries. And you should know that I'm an older mom. I gave birth at 40 and 42 um, years of age. So I noticed my body that wasn't good for my body to not do anything. So I decided um, that I wanted to be active enough so that I could keep up with my boys. And that's where the email entered my inbox. It was an email from my favorite yoga place, the Yoga House, and um, it announced their very first uh, yoga teacher training. And I thought, oh boy, I'm going to be 50. I can't do this. So um, the next morning, it just had to be that way, I guess. But the next morning, there was an article in the LA Times about a yoga teacher who was teaching yoga in the valley somewhere. And she was 95. Mm. 
Wow. So yeah, I, that was very, very inspiring to me. And so I called and signed up and it was the best thing I've ever done because it gave me time for myself. It made my body fitter and now I can help other people. That's wonderful. So. Thank you for that story. What do you love about teaching? It's the last part, really, that I just mentioned. It is just so amazing to share something that you like with other people and see them getting better. Mm. Now, that said, it's not immediately for everybody. Sometimes Some people are not right there yet. They can't surrender enough. But most people, when they come to my yoga classes, they seem kind of busy and tense. And at the end of the yoga class, their faces are relaxed, they're smiling. And that is just amazing to me that I can give them that. Mm -hmm. So uh, actually, if we have enough time, I'd like to share one story. Be great. Um, a friend of mine called me. She's a good friend of mine. She's actually one of my private yoga students. And her husband had been uh, fighting cancer for several years. And she called and she said um, that he's in the hospital now and he's not doing very well, but he's very stressed out because of some procedures they were doing to him in the hospital. And if I could come by and do some yoga or mindfulness with him. And I didn't really know what to expect. I had no idea how he was doing, how agile he was or how energetic. So I packed up my yoga music and I... Um, brought my two singing bowls and went to the hospital and there he was in his bed and nothing I had planned for really worked because I wanted to do some breathing exercises with him some pranayama and he had real trouble breathing so I could do very little of that and he couldn't move very much but even the little bit of stretches we did they helped him on some level mm. uh, and then at the end I played my bowls and his wife was holding his hand. His eyes were closed most of the time. And I wasn't even sure whether this is working. But she said, no, keep going. And so then I started a visualization. Mm. And I talked him through a visualization for about five to ten minutes. His eyes were closed. And at the end, I asked him um, to return, you know, from where I had taken him. And he opened his eyes. And they were so big and so shiny and so happy. You won't believe it. There was so much happiness in his eyes. And so I asked him, I said, you were really there? And he nodded his head and said, yes. It was the first word he said the whole evening. And so I knew I didn't heal him or anything, but I gave him, I was able to give him a moment of happiness. Mm -hmm. And it was just so profound that I am just so glad that I am a yoga teacher in that sense, you know, that you're able, that my teachers that I met and that helped me do this, they made me able to do this to him. So, and then the next day he passed away. Oh, wow. Yeah. What a beautiful moment. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so. for sharing that story. Mm -hmm. I actually, you know, at times work in the hospital. Oh, um, yeah. And as a physical therapist, there's a lot of people that can't get out of bed. Yeah. And that's why I'm called into the room is to help them get out of bed. And then sometimes we just can't. They've been in bed for sometimes a very long time. Mm -hmm. But just the power of even taking someone through, you know, the woods yeah. or just to remember. I mean, mm -hmm. I think, you know, there's a lot of nice 
memories that people have and to be yes. able to take them to the ocean yeah. you know you're walking in the sand and I mean to really feel like they're there even though they're in a hospital yeah you know I've been in some of your yoga classes and I mm-hmm. really do appreciate the imagery um, I love the one where you walk through the um, the woods but I just nice. really do appreciate uh the imagery. When I was a volleyball player in mm-hmm. high school, my coach used to use a lot of visual imagery for us, oh, okay. which was kind of cutting edge because this yeah. was in the what, or late eighties. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, our my coach would take us through. Okay, hold the ball. You know, throw the ball up in the air. Visualize where the ball is going to be. Uh-huh. Visualize your hand touching the ball and the ball going over the net like for a serve and then she would take us through okay visually the other team has the ball visualize the ball coming to our side of the court visualize your angles you know serve receive and visualize your ball going directly to the setter yeah and she would do like these mental visual imagery it was amazing and the days that she did that for us as a team we played so much better our brains were just ready to play Mm -hmm. it like calmed our mind it um, even actually as a team it helped us to feel a little cohesive Mm -hmm. because all of our we were all thinking about the same thing Um, but yeah that just actually reminds me of my my volleyball coach that would take us through these visual images. Yeah, I can relate to that. That that sounds really wonderful. Yeah, I, it does seem like I do know that um, for uh, muscle memory and, you know, some of these neurological pathways that it does start in the brain. I mean, yeah. people that, you know, have chronic pain or and just to visualize even say their joint, like their wrist hurts. If you take them through a visual imagery of, okay, visualize your wrist moving uh-huh but yeah. they're actually not moving it mm-hmm. but they're visualizing it it can actually help to release some of the pain in the wrist so wow. that when they start moving it doesn't hurt so much yeah. <laughs> just to remember yeah. yeah um but anyways thank you for that story that was really good <laughs> so i do want to focus our conversation about stress and tips to help us manage stress but I would like to start with you how does stress affect you you have a lot of things going on and how do you how does stress hit you how do you where do you feel it um yes it does hit me (laughs) because I I'm also a math teacher uh with uh kids and that is sometimes very difficult to teach five classes in a row. And um, I feel very stressed afterwards. And I notice um, the more stressed I feel, um, I get this feeling of being overwhelmed, really. Overwhelmed and impatient. Uh, and at the same time, knowing that I have to be patient. <laughs> um, you can't really think that clearly anymore if you're stressed. I feel you could get a headache. You tense up. I feel my muscles tense up. And um, sometimes I feel a little nervous, anxious. You know, uh, you everybody's probably familiar with all these feelings. And I get them, too, even though I am a yoga teacher. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, one thing of being a yoga teacher is like, for example, the other day I had um, I have an autistic child in one of my classes and he had sort of uh, like a breakdown and I was trying to help him. And at the same time, teach the other nine kids. And uh, it was very stressful for me. And I got into my car 
and I got so irritated about all the different drivers who were cutting me off and then it rained and I thought oh this is not going to be good so I I exited the freeway and um, I just sat in my car and I breathed Um, the breath really is something that is always there for you it's always with you you don't need any props or anything it's just there for you so I just kind of turned off the car set set upright and and breathed um, really deeply uh, especially the exhales it's really nice if you have long exhales because it's almost like cleaning out all the stress from your body and I thought okay um, I did my best with him and uh, I hope he had a good time that child in my class and there's nothing I can do about this right now at this second. I have to now focus on the rest of my day because I'm going to come home to my family and I don't want to um, take all this impatience with me and, you know, yell at them or something. So I sat there for a while. I had some water and um, then, oh, I have to also tell you that when you are stressed, you get I get this feeling of wanting coffee and chocolate and sweets. Mm. And maybe people can relate to that, too. Mm -hmm. But I know that, I mean, sitting there breathing gave me clarity enough to know that I should not have this right now. Because if I have coffee now, I'm going to be even more nervous. Right. Your heart starts beating faster. This was in the afternoon at four. And so I managed with the breath to calm myself down enough and feel more clarity. And then I drove home and everything was good. So I was kind of proud of myself that I was able to do that. And it really works. The breath really works. That's well, it, walk us through that. What does yeah. that look like? I mean, what did you yeah. do in the car on the side yeah. of the road that helped you? So um, I turned off the car and I didn't sit in a slouched position, but I kind of got myself upright. I opened my chest. I relaxed my shoulders consciously. And then I just uh, breathe in and out through my nose. So you take a really deep inhale, hold it for just a little bit, and then exhale completely while keeping your body upright. Um, And then you take a little pause at the end of the exhale, and then you inhale again. And you, you keep doing that, and you notice, actually, that after a while you can um, take, make the inhale be longer and then make the exhale be even longer because you're calming down. It, mm-hmm. It's a little difficult at the beginning, but the longer you do it, uh, it works. And here's another technique you could even count for yourself. You could start counting till four on your inhale. You can go like, okay, now inhale to four. One, two, three, four, and then hold. And then exhale to five. One, two, three four, five, and hold. And then you go again. And slowly you could increase the count uh, to five on the inhale and to six on the exhale. Mm. And you probably don't want to get that much longer. (laughs) Yeah. But, um, and it doesn't have to be long. You don't have to sit there for 20 minutes or so. Uh, I think I was probably there for five minutes. Mm -hmm. And you should give it a try sometime. Yeah, just thinking how stress even we start shallow breathing, right? That's typically what happens because everything gets tense. Yeah. So your diaphragm doesn't descend very well. Your ribs don't expand very well because everything's contracted. Exactly. And how that demonstration of breathing is so good because you can get oxygen 
Yes. <laughs> so the, <laughs> the the problem with shallow breathing is you're not getting good oxygen to your yeah, tissue. Right. You know, to your muscles. To and then what happens there is that um, everything can start hurting because yes. you're not getting oxygen. Yeah. I know. <laughs> to, I mean, it's just crazy cycle that it I is. appreciate you yes. sharing that very practical breathing tip. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of it is to remember. To yes. remember to do it. <laughs> yeah, because you know you are on the freeway and you think, oh no, I don't I don't have time for this now. I just need to get home. But you know, there are so many risks associated with that. And mm-hmm. it's not good for your health to be stressed. Your no. blood pressure rises too and uh, it's on the long term it's not good for your immune system. I mean there's so many risks that you're taking and it's really worth taking out five or ten mm-hmm. minutes to just wait. Right. And then you're just feeling so much better. Yes. Yeah. I feel like I personally need to remember <laughs> to do it. <laughs> Everybody um, does. <laughs> but that's a very practical thing that we all can do to manage our stress. So mm-hmm. thank you for sharing that. So what have you learned from teaching yoga and helping people physically manage their stress? What have you learned from others? So you've shared kind of what you have learned from yourself managing your own stress. And then what have you learned helping others uh, manage stress and teaching yoga? Um, I sometimes get very nice feedback from my students, not immediately after class. But there's one example Um, where uh, there's a a woman, she's been coming to my yoga class, and uh, I did exactly that type of breathing, actually. I do that type of breathing in my yoga classes, usually at the beginning, to ground people, you know, to kind of shut out the outer, close the outer gates, they say. Close the outer gates, and that opens your inner gates so that you can look inside. So I do the breath counting for them, uh, you know, with the count to four and to five, and then increase it. And so um, about two or three months into this, um, this lady came back and she said, you know, I had an outpatient surgery and I was so anxious because, you know, she got local anesthesia and then she was lying there and uh, there are the lights and the doctors and you see all these instruments and she was so nervous about it. And then she remembered for some reason, she remembered this exercise, this breathing exercise, controlled breathing, you can call it. And she said she did it. And it helped. She did it the whole time she was in that surgery. Uh, And she said it was amazing. It helped her so much. It calmed her down. It made her more relaxed. It made everything better. And she thanked me for it. (laughs) So isn't um, that amazing? I mean, no, that is not a drug. I mean, it's just that this is uh, something that we all have inside of us. Yeah. I mean, it's something that, you know, self-management of your own stress and anxiety that we Mm -hmm. have these tools that we can use and it's not a pill that you have to take it's yeah incredible that our body has just these um kind of uh tools within us yeah it's just are we using them (laughs) are we remembering i actually wanted to say that too another thing i learned teaching yoga is that not everybody is ready or can do it you have to have the will to surrender to it to surrender to yourself basically and a lot of people are so busy that they just can't do it. They, they're they just trying for a minute and then they say, oh, this is not working. So um, sometimes it takes a while. I have one student, she just didn't, I help her with other things too. 
Uh, I'm like a patient advocate. And so I tried um, yoga with her several times. And for a year, she just tried it a couple of times. And she said, no, I'm just too fidgety. It's not for me. And now for the last six months, we've been doing it. Hmm. And she's looking forward to it now. So she wasn't ready last year, but uh, now she is. So hmm. and you can't force it on people. It's something that they have to do themselves. You can just guide them and lead them, but they have to make the connection and they have to surrender. Yeah, that so, sounds like a lot of things in life. And yes. you can't. <laughs> people yeah. have to be able to want it and yeah. even to believe that this could be something that could help them. Yes. Because mm -hmm. belief could definitely stand in the way. I mean, yeah. if you just don't want yeah. to do it or believe if you that. don't believe in it, yeah. Yeah, so mm -hmm. you can't force yeah. that on anyone. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what are some tips that you can give to manage tension and relax the body? Yeah, so uh, to put it in, I can't just say everybody should do yoga, right? <laughs> but to put it in more general terms, I think everybody should find a way to get clarity in their mind. And what I mean by clarity is you should find an activity, and I'll be more specific in just a minute, but you should find an activity that allows you to only focus on yourself and your body. Uh, it should take you away so much that you don't think of your work, of your family, of your kids, of your chores, of your aches and pains, nothing. You should just think of that. And that could be different things. I mean, some people might want to go horseback riding. Some people um, sew or do art. Uh, some people do more vicious exercises like maybe running or swimming or hiking. Uh, there are so many things you can do. Um, then some other suggestions are playing board games. Although board games, I mean, they you interact with other people. But you also just focus on that. You don't think about all the other things that are going on in your life. Then, of course, there's meditation, breathing, or going for walks. Go for long walks in your neighborhood. Look at the houses and just, you know, go with your dog if you have a dog. I have a dog, and that uh, really makes forces me to go out of the house two or three times a day, uh, which is really nice. So, yeah. That's uh, basically my tip. But you should find the important thing is to find an activity that you like, because if you just uh, do yoga, for example, because I say so and you don't like it, you're not very um, likely to keep doing this. You're going to stop after a few times. Right. So really put some thought in it. What do I like? What accomplishes that goal for me to get clarity in my mind? Mm. And then you can start doing that. Yeah, that's good. So that's uh, tips for managing tension and relaxing the body. So you're saying that uh, just thinking, trying to put something in your week where you are really thinking about yourself, having clarity of mind. So this isn't necessarily like physical activity. This is just really how important it is to take care of yourself, especially when you're a person that's taking care of a, a lot of other people. Yeah. Um, that it's to say that it's okay. I mean, some people actually feel like it's wrong to mm. focus on themselves. They feel very selfish. 
They feel maybe some shame. I mean, maybe it's how they were raised. They were raised to only think about other people. And it was never a message that it was okay to take care of yourself. Mm. And I do think uh, that message is out there that, uh, you know, you're supposed to always think about others and never think about yourself. And um, but I think with health issues, I'm just noticing a lot of people that come to my clinic, you know, for physical therapy is they've never really thought about themselves. They haven't really thought that their muscles need strength and their joints need range of motion and, you know, their lungs need exercise Mm -hmm. and their gut needs good food. Yes. (laughs) Um, So spending (laughs) some time, I just really appreciate that, that it's to maybe give yourself permission to once a week, I'm going to go play board games with some friends. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's okay. Yes. <laughs> and everyone else, this is what I'm doing because I need this. Mm-hmm. But I think how often we just either don't, yeah, make that a priority. Or I think guilt. I think there's a mm-hmm. lot of guilt. Yeah. I mean, do you find that for people as you're working with them? And, you know, mentioning that, you know, it's okay to think about yourself at Sometimes. Yes, I do. Yeah. Yeah, I do. And I talk to people about that. And uh, sometimes I give them a little analogy. Um, Like uh, you've probably, well, many people have been on a plane before. And remember when they give you this little pep talk at the beginning, when before the plane takes off, they say if the air pressure gets uh, low, uh, a mask is coming off from the ceiling of the plane. And when you're sitting there with your child, you're supposed to put the mask on to yourself first Mm -hmm. and then your child. And when you first hear this, it's like, oh, my gosh, you have to put it on the child first. Right. Mm -hmm. But no, you have to help yourself first before you can help others. Mm -hmm. Because if I don't keep myself strong as a mom of two teenagers and a husband who's traveling a lot, then... Um, my whole family kind of collapses because I'm the one who's cooking and who's making the lunches and who's uh, the most patient really in my family. (laughs) And, you know, so I want to be strong, but I need to do this for myself so I can be strong. It doesn't doesn't come from nothing. I have to take care of myself. I agree. And I think being able to take a moment and to think, what do I need Mm -hmm. that I could actually care for myself. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of times when we're not, uh, you know, we're just reactive and we're not taking care of our needs, we start looking to others to take care of your needs, Yeah, which becomes a really unhealthy cycle Right. because I'm just reactive and I don't even know what I need anymore. So I start looking to others to, I don't know, maybe you know what I need. So I'm going (laughs) to look to you Mm. to care for my needs. And then that is just a very unhealthy (laughs) cycle. So I just really appreciate this tip. I think it's Mm. a really good tip to, you know, be able to give yourself permission. Yes. I mean, with kids, I mean, it's just there's a lot going on that you for me, sometimes I really do feel guilty. If I'm taking care of myself. Yeah, because you're very busy, too. You have a family and you have a job. And yeah, but, you know, you uh, sometimes you don't even have to take uh, two hours to go swimming or to go hiking. Sometimes it's just enough to sit down for 10 minutes, close the door and maybe just sit on a chair and breathe or meditate or listen to some calm music. And just say, okay, I'm just going to find myself here in all this craziness Mm -hmm. uh, just for 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. 
and then you'll you'll see you already feel better it after does 10 make minutes. a big difference yes it really yeah. does and that's really everybody should be able to have 10 minutes yeah i, I hope i appreciate <laughs> that how you've said you know to to have a place in your home yeah that feels safe that feels mm-hmm. comfortable a place that you can go to um that you know you could sit and have 10 minutes yes i mean that is Mm-hmm. really an important thing. I actually have a little back room. It's a tiny little back room. Uh-huh. But I did really just completely clear it out of all clutter, all papers, nice. all anything. Yeah. And it's just a yoga mat. Oh, so I leave wonderful. my yoga mat out. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there's a nice window next mm-hmm. to it. But it just is my place. Yeah. So even when I'm cooking dinner and, the you know, something's boiling, I'll just go over there, <laughs> even if it's for just a couple minutes, yeah. do a, yeah. you know, child's pose or um, just something where I'm, like, stretching my body. And That's just, awesome. It feels good. Yeah. That's so just encouraging really nice. yeah. people to have that. Um, so for you, what does it mean for you to take care of your body? How do you take care of your body? Um, to me, it means to keep myself happy and strong so that I can have, um, so I can be beneficial for my family. Mm. And for my for the people I work with, so I am. I try to be positive. I think a big part of of taking care of your body is actually also to try and not always see just the negative, but see the positive in your life. Mm. Um, there's actually one thing I don't really I don't do this, uh, but I've heard this from other people and I read about it recently. Some people, they have a little tiny journal, not a very big journal at night, where at night you can just, before you go to bed, you sit down and you write down maybe three or five things, positive things that happened in your day. Mm -hmm. And some days are more positive than others. But even if you had a negative day, it's kind of nice to think about the positive things because there's always something positive, even Mm -hmm. if your sandwich tasted especially good that day or, you know, something positive because it trains your mind to think positive. So I think that's very powerful. But um, so, yeah, to take care of my body is to do enough exercise or rest so that I can be clear in my mind, that I'm not irritable, that I can be patient and I can uh, be uh, a positive part of my environment. That's good. Yeah, I think, you know, different uh, schools of thought are, you know, just to be thankful, have that gratitude journal, um, you know, place or times in your day that you really felt like you were blessed or, you know, different people have um, different ways of expressing it. But I like that. I do think even I do think for women, we tend to have a lot more negative thoughts even towards our body than Mm. positive thoughts. And I think as we age, um, there's a lot of negativity about aging and words that people use about the body. I mean, even osteoarthritis is just one of those like words that you think, oh my gosh, I'm getting older and I have arthritis and oh, my bad knee. You know, I hear this all the time. This is my bad knee. And you think, okay, is that helpful? I mean, really, if you have children and you're saying every day to your child, you're a bad child. 
Guess oh. what that does to the child? Oh, it's terrible. It's terrible. Yeah. Guess yeah. what it does to your knee? It's terrible. It's terrible. It's getting better. <laughs> well, yeah. it's not getting better, and mm-hmm. you're also labeling it mm-hmm. as a bad knee. Yeah. And, you know, some, some people go six months, a year, three years, ten years calling their back a bad back. Oh, yeah. And just, I mean, I appreciate, again, just how important it is to positive language is yeah. really important. And as we even think about our bodies to... You know, go, no, my good knee, it mm-hmm. might be giving me a little pain, <laughs> Yeah, but it's still a good knee. I have a good back, you know? I mean, even as I work with uh, patients, I, I do a lot of that. I mm-hmm. let them oh, yeah. know, I, you've got yeah. a really good back. Yeah, You can touch your toes. Yeah. You're not doing anything that's hurting your back. Mm-hmm. This is actually good for your back. But mm-hmm. just, I do think spending time to even think about our bodies, Yes, you know, in a, yeah. and be able to... That's why even your guided imagery, I do think you do some of that, just kind of helping people remember that, you know, yeah. you, you've got a good, good body. You know, I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned that, actually, because uh, another thing I tell my students in the yoga classes is at the beginning, uh, when they just kind of lie down and ground themselves to just think about your body. Uh, think about how one hip is maybe higher or lower than the other hip. Think about how your shoulders are lying on the floor and just think about it. And um, it actually makes you in, in a positive way, right? Mm-hmm. Don't think about it. And where does it hurt? <laughs> but right. think, just study just your awareness. body and awareness. be aware how amazing your body really is, what it does mm-hmm. for you every single day. Right. You get up every day in the morning and it carries you throughout the day. And it's just amazing. Um, And uh, this might not be exactly related to this, but it's related a little bit more what you said before, that people are so um, worried about aging. And for me, yoga is a very good tool for that, because um, as you do the yoga and you connect with your inner self more, it gives you a lot of self-confidence. And it's more about how um, what's in the inside than the outside, you know. Mm. Um, so I don't know whether that comes across really clearly, but um, no, I think it does. It? I think for a lot of women, we don't spend a lot of time thinking about what's going on in the inside. Mm-hmm. Um, just a lot of our attention really is very external mm-hmm. <laughs> because yeah. it's just the practicality yeah. of the day as you're going from one thing to the next, you know. And so I do appreciate being in your yoga classes and having some time, just, you know, safe space that I have this hour yeah. that I can just be here without anyone calling me, telling me. Yeah. I mean, it yeah. is, it's like this kind of like sacred space mm-hmm. that you can have that. Yeah. is untouchable, yeah. you know, if you've really carved it out and yeah. said, "I'm this yes. hour mm-hmm. is for me and just to allow your mind to go wherever it wants to, mm-hmm. to be able to, you know, be aware of your body, mm-hmm. to think about it, to care for it. And yeah, yeah no, I think um, what you've been talking about today has been very helpful. Uh, so as we close, I actually would like to um, have you do an imagery for us, if that's possible. And then I'd like to um, end with what are your three daily practices? Because that's how I always end my podcast. Okay. Okay. So will you take us through an imagery? Yes. 
Um, okay, so um, first I would like you to sit um, or lie. To sit, if you sit in a chair, you should sit um, upright and not slouched. But if uh, you can also lie on the floor and become really comfortable and warm. Then close your eyes and take a few deep breaths and let your body just kind of melt into the floor. So really drop. One of my teachers always says, empty before you begin. So just drop. And then I would like you to imagine that you are walking through a very dense forest. It's pretty dark and because the foliage is very dense and but you feel the uh, pine needles under your feet and you're walking through the forest and all of a sudden you can see some sun rays coming through the leaves so it's getting a little brighter and you keep walking you can hear the leaves rustling rustling in the trees you can smell the good smell of the forest the earthy smell and so you keep walking and it gets brighter and brighter more and more sunlight is coming through and then all of a sudden you see a beach a little ways in front of you so you keep walking and then you begin to feel the warm sand of the beach underneath your feet and so you take a nice deep breath and smell the good ocean air and then you step out of the forest and you walk across the warm sand toward the ocean. And then you're by the water and you can hear the waves. You can hear the waves coming in and then going back out to the deep ocean. Maybe you can even hear the waves through your breath. You listen to your breath. Just go with the rhythm of the waves. Feel the slight breeze in your face. And you can sit down or lie down in the sand. Stretch out. Feel the sunlight in your face. And hear the waves. next wave, you can slowly begin to focus more on your breath. Feel the breath going through your body. And then maybe with the next inhale, you can very slowly open your eye, eyes and find yourself back on your mat. But just stay there for a while. Think about the forest and the beach. That was beautiful. Thank you. I feel like I just went to the forest and the beach. <laughs> so that was wow, in like two minutes oh. you can go to the forest and the beach. <laughs> that was great. I mean, thank you. No, oh, you're yeah, welcome. Yeah. I just for me the forest brings so much like life to me. Um, even thinking about my experiences in the forest, thinking about the trees and the wind and the smell and the 
oh, we had this amazing hike in uh, Oregon as we mm-hmm. were just there, but it just took me there. Yeah. This hike that we went on and just, it was just glorious day with friends and our kids and, yeah. you know, to take a minute just to remember these, remember these moments and how just a little meditation or guided yeah. meditation. And then I have such positive, wonderful emotions about the beach. Yeah. And I just, that thank you. I think oh, that I will replay that yeah. <laughs> a few times. Yeah, so. I wish I had made it a little bit longer in my classes. I usually do it a little bit longer, but I wasn't sure how much time I could Well, take. thank you, but maybe but, I'll record yeah. you again. Yes, there <laughs> you go. <laughs> every listener so they can have a meditation that they can just <laughs> turn on. So thank you so much. Uh, So just as we close, what are three daily practices that help you stay healthy? Okay, I thought about this question, and I can't really come up with three. Can I say five? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Of course you can. (laughs) For sure. uh, One of them is walking my dog, as I mentioned before. Mm. I really enjoy that. Short walks or long walks. And then I love to do yoga, even if it's just five minutes. Sometimes I only have time for five minutes. Sometimes I do an hour and a half. It depends. Mm-hmm. And um, then the other three are eating well. I try to think every day what I put into my body because mm-hmm. I only have one body. And I try to put only good things into my body. Um, talking and being with my family is actually the highest priority. Mm. Yeah, just being with my teenagers. If you have teenagers, you might know that they always want to do their own stuff. Mm -hmm. So I really enjoy when we can do things as a family. And sleep well. Sleep well. That is really important. And I have so many tips for sleeping well, but I think we're probably out of time now. But uh, Well, now that you gave a little hint that you have (laughs) tips, I think you have to share them. (laughs) Tell us, how do we sleep well? Okay, well, um, you shouldn't eat too close to bedtime. You know that. And then um, actually, if you are willing to put your legs up on the wall for about five or ten minutes before you go to sleep, that works wonders. You know, you just lie on your back and you put the legs up on the wall. Um, you can sit and breathe, as I mentioned before. Um, I actually really like essential oils, and I have mm-hmm. a diffuser, and I diffuse lavender oil at night. Mm-hmm. And that uh, is really nice. That makes you sleep really well, too. Those are the most important ones I can think. Oh, here's one more, especially if you have a busy life. Uh, make a list of things you need to do the next day. Because if you do that, then they're all written down and you don't have to keep thinking about them as you lie in bed and you want to go to sleep. You know, you think, oh, I have to do this and I have to do this and I have to remember to do um, the shopping and I have to remember to take the dog to the vet. If you put it all on a list, then it's out of your head. It's on the list. You don't have to worry about it. So that's another tip. Very good tips. Thank you. Yeah, the (laughs) list is really good. Yeah, to just to get it out of your brain. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and one last thing about stress that I really wanted to say. It's from, actually, it's a a quote by Dr. Dean Ornish, um, who's a um, cardiologist, and he's the founder of the Preventative Medicine Medical Research Institute in Sausalito. He said that um, stress is really not what happens to you, but how you react to what happens to you. You can choose how to react to what happens to you. 
Hmm. I don't know whether that makes sense, but um, you can actually, if there's a situation that you always know, for example, traffic, if you know that you always get stressed out by people being mean to you on the freeway, then make a plan. Say, okay, the next time somebody cuts me off, don't worry about it. Let him go. He might not even know she, or she might not even know that they cut you off. Just mm -hmm. breathe or listen to music, put on a book on tape. Just make a plan to avoid that because that's what it means, how you react to what happens to you. That's good. Thank you. Yeah. Thank, thank you. you for that tip. Thank you. And thank you for being here today. I learned a lot from you and just appreciate just your wisdom. And thank you for sharing your 30 years of yoga practice with us. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. And I, I hope I made some sense. You did. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Hey, Barrett Soup here from Be Seen Company. I'm the producer of the Balance by Beth podcast and have been working hard behind the scenes to get these podcasts out into your hands. We've gotten to hear so many great stories of people moved by this content in this podcast to live healthier lives, both physically, spiritually, and emotionally. If you have been directly influenced or know someone who has been influenced by this podcast and would like to become a supporter to keep this content coming, would you consider visiting Beth's Patreon page at www.patreon.com dot com forward slash balanced by Beth. That's www.patreon dot com forward slash balanced by Beth. Once again, we just thank you for your support. We hope you enjoy the show.